Hello, welcome back to another episode of my Inside Voice podcast. What is up? What's going on? Um, I'm not in my car, which is disappointing, but that's okay. I'm at home and I am listening to one of my favorite astrologers, love-hate situation. Um, I'm, you know, really basking in the sunlight, um, doing some spring spring cleaning as of, you know, a couple days ago and just emptying things that have been overcrowded, overlooked and forgotten for a really long fucking time and not given the respect and the gift of minimalism and cleanliness it deserves. And so obviously, you know, that's a beautiful metaphor for what I want to talk about today, which is accepting the things in our life that have nothing to do with other people. What does that mean? So I always look at myself and have always looked at myself in terms of other people. And I've never really given myself a singular individuated walkthrough. Um, I talk about you know, you yourself, your soul being like a house and having different rooms and floors and um, spaces that represent different parts of you, right? And every single floor, every single room in my house is occupied with people, personalities, trauma, um, secrets. Uh, you know, I for somebody that is a pretty min- minimal person, person like I I hate hoarding things in my physical life I tend to hold on to things really obsessively internally and it weighs me down it stops me from doing things that I know I'm capable of doing it gives me this warped sense of self that really is wrong and doesn't allow for things to just be right um So this is sort of, I say all that to say this is the Jupiter and Pisces transformation that I'm doing within myself and in my physical life um, to clean out, to understand how messy things are inside and how wrong I've gotten uh, things in terms of how I see myself and how I see other people. I've talked about this a billion times and I've had episodes on it and stuff like that, but I always talk about the table, right? What is the table? I think that's going to be like the title of my fucking book, the table. Um, What does that table look like? Who is that table for? What does that table mean? What is the relationship with that table? Same thing. What does that house look like? What does this house mean? What is the relationship you have with your soul? What is the relationship that you have with... I think the table is the manifest, the physical manifestation of your soul. So your soul, your table, your house will be as clean and as aligned as you are internally and externally. So let's say, for example, you have you know, hold on to like trauma and personalities and people and past crushes and secrets and grudges and um, obsessions and feelings and emotions and thoughts and, um, you know, old ways of thinking and 
behaving and talking and you know all of those things the house that is your soul is pretty fucking crowded and so when you manifest that outside of yourself your table is pretty fucking crowded there's just like no order all the food is like old and rotting on the table there's people that shouldn't be there chairs the legs on the chairs around the table are broken and shaky and wobbly the table itself is wobbly you're not really at the head of the table enjoying delegating leading being in the power seat you're sort of uh putting out fires and cooking and cleaning and you're like this overworked um undervalued power has given been given away chicken with its head cut off just trying to please 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 while all the while you're sitting in this house that is your soul at the table that is your physical manifestation of how you feel about yourself and the relationship you have with your soul and you don't know who you are anymore And you don't know whether it's somebody else's house that you're in or your house. You don't have any sense of self. You're just this, you know, shell of a person. And that's a lot to take in, first of all. That's a lot to accept if you're feeling that. If you're feeling burnt out all the time. If you're feeling like you can't get things right. If you're feeling like people are mad at you, if you feel like you're letting yourself down and letting other people down, that means that, you know, your soul needs cleaning. And you have to do like a walkthrough of the house that is your soul and say, okay, what's in this room? What's behind that door? Why is that window broken? Why is the roof collapsing? Why is the foundation shaky? Why are, like, where's pest control? Like, what's going on, right? And so... We are completely just, and and this pandemic, it, it doesn't make things easier for our souls, right? It, it puts like natural disaster, uh, so your house is like half of it's blown off, you know, and, and over, and, and you're just constantly trying to find band-aids to patch up parts of your soul that have, you know, been rotted away, faded away, given away swept under the rug, forgotten, neglected, um, requiring validation, uh, all of that stuff, and you're just desperately trying to hold on, right? You're desperately, you're white-knuckling your entire life. So where do we, where do we stop that? Where do we, where, where do we press the stop button and say, okay, this is madness, um, I can't do this anymore. I'm tired. Where do we just tell everybody to fucking leave the house so we can just sit in the middle of our empty house, our tired, broken down house? Where do we start? It's really hard to figure it out. It's first of all to kick everybody out, to block everything out, to be able to be silent with yourself and your soul and to look around and say, oh, wow, I caused all this is really huge. Um, But then at the same time, forgive yourself, be patient with yourself, knowing that you don't have any idea what to do and that's okay. And opening one window 
opening one door, shutting one door, turning off whatever music is playing that you don't even fucking like, or turning something else on, turning off a light, whatever it is within your soul that you need, starting with one thing that completely changes what you put on your table, how it manifests, right? Okay, so let me give you an example. Let's say you are a people pleaser, right? Perpetual, disgustingly, I don't want to say disgusting, that's rude, a perpetual people pleaser. You seek validation from everybody. You want everybody to be okay. You want to fix everybody. You want everybody to be okay with you. You want to be liked and loved and belonged and it too and um, wanted and needed and all of that stuff. And so you spent your whole life running around in circles for other people, around other people, jumping through hoops, just making sure that you are the person that they need and want at all times, right? So that results in codependence, trauma, disappointment, heartbreak, abuse, being a doormat, completely losing yourself. But you continuously do it because it's the only way you know how to be, right? So your soul is enduring. Your soul is enduring. Your soul is enduring. At some point, you physically cannot do it anymore. So your physical manifestation that, let's say, let's go back to the physical manifestation of your soul, the table, it breaks. You um, get into a bout of depression. You have so much anxiety that you have continuous panic attacks. You can't function. You um, can't get out of bed. Everything just is melting down. You're melting down. That's your stop button, unfortunately. Um, In that specific case, the way I've described it, that is your stop button, right? So you've hit stop. You've tapped out officially. So you're on the floor, face down, in the middle of this house. Everybody's gone. You've somehow wrangled the troops, everybody in your life, and have told them to fuck off for a bit. And tell them that you need time and you can't do things anymore. Okay. Everybody... One way or another, you know, some make you feel guilty, some gaslight you, some have already ghosted you before you say that, some leave as soon as you say, some stick around because they don't know if you're going to be okay and they're codependently just wanting to control you. Um, Some leave and never come back. Whatever it is, you know, you've somehow gotten the energy and the the motivation from within to just block out everybody. Okay, so the people are done, right? So now you're you're kind of in this empty house. Um, for the first time, you're sort of looking around and you see everything for what it is, not for the fires you're putting out. You're seeing yourself as you are. Not for the hoops that you're jumping through, not for the fires that you're putting out, not for the fixing that you're doing for people. You're seeing yourself as you are. Broken and everything. Lovely and everything. Kind, generous, giving, supportive, and everything in between and everything else. Sad, codependent, depressed, anxious, and everything in between. All of that you're seeing now. And you get overwhelmed. 
you're like, oh my God, I can't believe that you're bad to yourself for a bit. That's the first, usually the first thing that goes is your, why the, how the fuck did I let this happen? What the fuck did I do? And then you start to blame yourself. And then once you're done doing that, you start blaming, oh, my fucking parents, oh, the upbringing, oh, I had like a bad childhood, oh, my friends, my coworkers, my boss, my blah, blah, blah. You start blaming everybody else. Then you get into the spiral and you understand that that doesn't work either because you're still on the floor of this broken, melting down house. And then maybe you close your eyes for a while and you get into bed and you sleep for a bit because you can't remember the last time you've actually been alone and able to sleep without feeling guilty, even though you do feel guilty. Like, oh my God, if I sleep, then what if that person's going to think that I'm lazy? What if that person doesn't think I'm committed? What if that person thinks that all I do is sleep and I'm so privileged and what a blah, blah, blah. So you've never not had to deal with that. So then you get into bed and you sleep for a bit and you wake up however many hours later, however many days, weeks, months later, and you rub your eyes and you look out the window and your house, you look around, still standing. Holy shit, that scared me. Um, I have somebody that lives in the basement and she just like opened her door and she's like just collecting her laundry and it was really scary because I was just like really, like really scared. So you look around and you see your house still standing. You look at your arms, you look at your hands, you look at your elbows, you look at your legs, you feel your face, you feel your hair, you feel your body, you feel everything, and you're like, oh wow, I'm still here. You look around the bedroom, kind of blurry-eyed still, because you've been sleeping for so long, and you look around, and you're like, there's no one here. You stretch out a little bit, you kind of feel a little bit of panic coming along, because you don't know where anybody is, you hope that they're alive, because... Um, you know, you think that you're the central person to keeping these people alive for some reason. You think that, you know, if you're gone, then everybody else is gone. Or, you know, you feel like you need to do everything, otherwise it won't get done. And then you kind of look around and you look at your phone and nobody has called you. And um, maybe just your mom saying, hey, are you alive? And then you kind of... You breathe deep and you say, okay, this is a lot, but let me try something. So you turn on the light, right? So what does that physically do? I've, you know, painted you this picture. I hope you, I hope you kind of visualized it in your own way. What does turning on a light do for your soul? You start to care about oh, wow, I need to see, right? And you start to care about little things and you start to really analyze, what do I need? You know, I'm in this dark room. I don't like it anymore. How do I make it so I like it? You turn on a light. So how does that look physically? How does that look in the external world? Hmm. So you have this table, it's broken, you're kind of walking around like, oh fuck, what do I do? It's gone, materials are kind of fucked up and 
you know, it's unusable, you see a table leg. Oh, okay. It's in really great condition. It's the color that you want, the size that you want, the material that you want, sturdy. Okay. Put it on the floor. You turn on another light internally. What else do I need? I'm hungry. Go to the kitchen. Turn on the light there. Okay. Grab another leg. What do I want to eat? Hmm. Open the fridge. Take a look. I need water. Grab a crystal vase, a jug of just the most pure, beautiful water that you could ever imagine from like the heavenly springs of fucking wherever. So you fill up a glass that's your favorite material, that's your favorite size. And you drink that water. Take a sip. That's another table leg. You drink the whole thing. That's another table leg. So you have like things as so within, so without. I hope that makes sense. And then all of a sudden you start to do these little things. You stop. Your brain just continues to say, okay, what else do I need? You're hungry. So you make some toast or um, you warm up like soup or Um, Maybe you decide to have another glass of water um, and then you end up finishing the entire jug because you're like, oh, wow, I haven't hydrated in 25 years. (laughs) So then you you find the tabletop, you know, and everything fits, right? Everything fits. You, You still have to, you know, work at it. You still have to kind of, as you internally start to turn on and activate different parts of you that need watering, care, support, energy from you, the external world starts to reflect that. So that leg could be an interview, a phone interview at a job that you've been wanting. Uh, That other table leg could be, you know, that cute person that you saw while you were taking a walk one day, you see again. The other table leg could be, you know your sibling and you were estranged and they call you out of the blue. They text you out of the blue and say, hey, can we talk? Stuff like that starts to really form, you know, a path. And the way that I'm talking about it, it sounds like pretty like, oh, A happens, B happens. A, I do A, B happens. I do C, D happens. It internally, you want it to do that. And obviously there's going to be times where, you know, maybe you call somebody on your phone because you start to, you know, go back to those old habits and you're like, hey, are you okay? And then the person that you call is probably not the right person for you. And they're like, actually, I need A, B, and C from you. Are you free? Um, And you say, yeah, I'm feeling great. Like I just had two glasses of water and, and, you know, like I turned on some lights and I'm feeling great. And then, you know, you end up, 10 days later, you end up just continuously running yourself ragged because, again, and then you have to, you know, kind of find those table legs again and you have to find the energy to get back into bed and, and shut off your phone for eight days. And you know what I mean? So there's always going to be like these ebbs and flows of evolution. And the, but the important thing is that you know that you're able to start a new life if you want to. If you need to, it's there for you. There's never going to be a time where it's too late. Ever. 
ever. So if you're feeling like, oh, fuck, I'm like this and this and I've fucked up too much and I've given my power away too often and I just, I have nothing else left in me and then just my life is like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. That's okay. You get another chance. You always get another chance. You will never, ever run out of chances to reinvent yourself. And that's coming from a Scorpio because I believe in transformation, evolution, basically on a daily basis. So it's never too late to start again. It's never, time has not run out. Because I believe in reincarnation too. So you always have time. You always have lifetimes to sort of fix what you want. But if we're in this lifetime now and you're listening to me now and we're kind of doing this, you have the time. So let's put that out of your mind, right? And every piece that you gather... Uh, every piece that you gather to put your soul back together, every piece that you gather to put your house and your table and your physical manifestations um, back together, it's a step in the direction of a life that you deserve and that a life that you're reinventing from scratch. And that alone is, should be, and I'm saying me to me, you know, should be a reason to move forward, to continue to move forward and to continue to turn on more lights and to continue to do the work to renovate the soul that is so pure from birth. And it's just, That's what Jupiter and Pisces is to me. I say all of that to say that is Jupiter and Pisces for me. It's that realignment of soul and internal and external. Soul and outer world. It's to be in the world but not of the world. It's to be in the world and be free from it as well. It's the ability to redo, not even redo, to just completely transform what you thought was not transformable. And it's to completely move in a different direction that you thought was not for you. It's to do the work, to move in a way that just makes you happy, man. That allows you to just be who you are in the best and highest version of who you are. And to continue to evolve every single day, every single minute of every day, every single second of of every minute of every day. And to build the structures of ourselves without people and Jupiter and Pisces is very without people I say um you know no man is an island no person is an island we all need people you know we all need that support we all do but to be with people but not be with people 
is a different thing, right? To be around people but not be so attached to them that they just dictate every single part of what you do and they dictate how that house stands, where that foundation comes from, who is in that house and what you do for them in that house and outside of it. Like that is just to have those, to not have, oh man, I'm just like really losing my thoughts. Um, They're like fleeting. It's weird. It's weird. So maybe this is just time for me to to wrap up but Jupiter Pisces is just this positive way of looking at things and it's it's always you know the the comeback the comeback hit right it's always that's what Jupiter and Pisces is to me if I were to to say something uh, if I was to describe it in a few short words it'd be the comeback hit it would be try again and again, and again, and again, and again, and again. Jupiter and Pisces would be, every day is a new day. Jupiter and Pisces would be, feed and hydrate the parts of your soul, your soul. Um, not just the parts, but your soul, all of it. Drench it with light and care and support and energy and then only then you can give back to other people. If your bag is to sort of, you know, give to other people to help other people to support them, all of that stuff, well, you can't do shit if you're empty. And that's that goes without saying that's a very cliche thing, right? So build that house, build that table, and they will come. Keep, uh, it reminds me of the Cardi B song, I get knocked down nine times, get up ten. Obviously that's a Muhammad Ali quote, but it, the song is called Get Up Ten, I think. And so you just keep getting back up. You just keep getting back up. And some days it's harder. Some days it just feels like you will never be able to see the light. You will never be able to see beyond, you know, the blood in your face and the sweat in your tears. But I guarantee you, it will pass. And when it does... When you stop being in the thick of it, you will see yourself for who you truly are. Not for, not through the lens of anybody else, but through your own lens. And then you take it from there. Alright, I think that's enough. I love you guys. Thank you so much for supporting, for listening. Peace.